to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And welcome to another tier list episode starring with myself and, of course, the biggest Total Drama fan I know, Matt. Oh, shucks. Well, Eric, you're probably the biggest Total Drama fan I know, so... Hey, it works better better that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, or another round of our little checkpoints in the midst of our Total Drama ranking series. We did this earlier this season where we ranked the uh, original members. Now we're going to rank the members of Gen 2 and 3 since we did our episodes talking about their two or their three seasons, technically. Revenge, All-Stars, and Pocketeer. So if you have not listened to those episodes, you should go check them out. Yeah, we figured before we tackle our Donkey's Race, why not go back to this format and actually rank the characters individually? Because we made it very apparent that we are not big fans of any of these characters. Okay, yeah. maybe there's some exceptions, but by and large, the Gen 2 and 3 cast are very inferior to the original cast. Oh, wholeheartedly agree. Like, you can see a little bit of glimmers of characters who are pretty strong, and you can see characters who maybe aren't that great, but you could, like, look at them and see how it could have worked. But I agree with you, Eric. Ultimately, these guys do not really hold a candle to the originals because the stereotypes are way more exaggerated. A lot of them are repeats. A lot of them are just wacky for the sake of being wacky. And a lot of them do just really crazy, stupid things. So we're going to get to talk about all that great stuff. <laughs> Not to mention them being very cartoony, unrealistic. Yep. You know, it kind of distances away from the fact that, hey, this is supposed to be based off reality TV. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about all the, you know, reality-defying moments of the first three seasons. At least there was some kind of, like, sense that, okay, even though these scenarios are really weird, the characters are at least very grounded. Um, and the characters are no longer grounded, pretty much, by the second gen. Like, we have some really crazy characters. Um, be warned, these are not the kind of semi-sane, semi-understandable characters from the first gen. So, <laughs> you're in for a treat. We have about 26 characters. Technically 27, which we'll explain in a little bit. And five categories to choose from. B tier, meaning good. C tier meaning decent, D tier meaning bad, F tier meaning trash, and M for a very special character. <laughs> you know shit's about to get real when we add an M tier. Mm, and you may be thinking, who could that be? You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the way I have this set up, yes, it's going to be alphabetical order like last time, except we're going to start with the wrench cast first. Just to make it a little bit more even, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's or it's going to be structured, you know, uh, alphabetically, like A to Z to for the first cast, and then alphabetically A to Z for the Pocketeer cast. Um, although, you know, there's no Z characters in the second one, but you know what I mean. <laughs> We're going down the alphabet twice, okay? So before you give us comments saying, oh, no, but you skipped Beardo and you went on to see, it's because we're saving the Pocketeer Island characters for later. Spoilers. <laughs> They're not going to be ranked very high. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Let's start off with Anne-Maria. I don't know, Matt. I'm not the biggest Anne-Maria fan. I find Anne-Maria kind of like a f- silly character, and she's an example of somebody who you look at Anne-Maria, you see her interactions early season 
four. And it's just like, okay, this is kind of a new idea. I mean, her whole thing is being a Jersey Shore parody, but we hadn't really ever seen anything like that. I generally think she would have been funnier if they didn't just, you know, like stuff her into the mic arc um, and let her do her own thing sometimes. But by and large, I think she's okay. I just wish they did something more with her individually, if that makes any sense. It's like you said, they basically shoehorned her into a love triangle between her, Mike, and Zoe, which, you know, got old for me fast. Yeah, and here's the thing. They did things like that. You could say an argument, oh, well, they did things like that with original season characters, like Tyler in, in uh, Total Drama Island, for example, or Cody in Total Drama Island. He just exists as a part of, of Lindsay's or Gwen's love story. Yeah, but then they bring those characters back in other seasons and develop them more. Anne Maria only had one appearance because the writers were in such a freaking rush to introduce the next gen. Maybe if Revenge of the Island had a better, had like another season after with the same cast, we'd be talking differently about these characters. Maybe other characters could have gotten more screen time, but just, you know, obviously that's not what happened. And characters like Anne Maria only appeared for like seven or eight episodes in the entire series. And so you know, it seems like it's just very untapped potential. All we have right now is, oh yeah, Vito's girlfriend. Like, that's it. That's that's really all she is. So yeah, it does suck because I think she could have been funnier on her own at some points, but I ultimately just think she's like an alright character. Like, she's fun. She's got her moments, but she's nothing too crazy. I'm thinking C tier. Does that I, sound about right? I wholeheartedly agree. It's perfect for Anne-Maria. Alright, Anne-Maria goes in the C tier. I probably should have mentioned this before, but we didn't include an S or A tier, respectively, because, like Matt said, these characters are not nearly as developed, and this goes for the Pocket Zoo Island cast, too. They're not nearly as developed as the first-gen cast, so putting an S and A tier for this tier list is being very, very generous. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's, like, a few characters who you can, like, squint at them and be like, okay, they're definitely upper, upper B. But, yeah, I agree with Eric. Like, it, it, I don't really think they ever reached a point where it's just like, yeah, these are just, like, the best characters from Gen 1. Nobody really reaches that. They just don't have enough time. or And the writing's not good enough. I'd rather be real with you guys and say these aren't great characters. Yeah, man. It's true. Yeah, all right. Next we have B. <laughs> should I actually put him in B tier, or should I be serious? <laughs> well... What do you think of B? Letters aside. Uh, I think he was all right. I mean, you know, he's quiet, tech savvy. What more do I have to say about him? It's funny. B is very similar to Anne Maria in the aspect of this is a character who gets booted out fairly early. B doesn't even really have the fortune that Anne Maria had of at least having some sort of arc. He's a very smart guy, very friendly guy, very loyal guy gets taken advantage of by Scott and gets kicked out in, like, a span of three episodes or something. So poor B, like, he really doesn't get to reach his full potential. He's never shown ever again, except for the finale. So, yeah, this is the end of B's arc as a character, competing. And it's kind of sad. Like, again, I wish there was another season after this with these guys so we get to flesh some of them out a little bit more, like how Ac uh, Island had action and world tour to flesh out characters like Beth, Justin, Tyler, Cody, Ezekiel. Yeah, he's very underdeveloped, so... I'm and not this, sure where yeah, to it, it doesn't even help because he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't even talk. <laughs> so we don't even really know what he's thinking half the time. I'm thinking either C or D tier. I mean, he's definitely interesting, but very underdeveloped. Yeah, it's sad because I'm thinking of characters who I would put in D. I don't know. He almost doesn't deserve either. So I would say if he's in D, he's definitely at the top of D. Or, But if he's in C, he's definitely at the bottom of C. So yeah, let's put him in C tier. Yeah. Like... Because I feel like we're going to talk about D-tier characters who actually suck, 
And I don't think it's fair to say that B actually sucks. Like, he's a pretty good character. He just, again, doesn't have nearly enough screen time to develop him more. All right. We're actually talking about a good character next. Brick. Mm. Brick is one of the few characters I feel like when you watch any of these seasons, Revenge, All-Stars, or Pocketu, you're like, okay, I understand what the writers were trying to really do with this guy. Like, he's fun. He's a great teammate. He's loyal as hell. He's just, like, a good guy. Like, on the last character tier list, you ta- I talked about, like, characters who'd be great people to actually, like, be friends with if they were real. Brick is, like, a true good sport. Like, he is a gentleman. He's a chivalrous. He's a soldier. A chivalrous soldier, I should say. <laughs> um, oh, hell yeah. I'd be lucky to have a friend like Brick in real life. Yeah, so just a true upstanding dude. So I honestly, and not only that, because obviously you could be a nice guy and still be a hor- like a stupid, poorly written character. <laughs> right from Star Wars. Um, Just because you're nice doesn't mean you're a good character. But Brick also has other stuff about him. Like he's an athletic powerhouse, you know? He does things for his team. And he also has some like weaknesses and flaws. Like he's a little bit scared. He's a little bit shy sometimes. He's got some interesting sides to him that I just feel like you make him a little bit more fleshed out as a character. His rivalry with Joe, for instance. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Yeah. So I, I really think that he's ultimately like one of the best characters in Gen 2 and Gen 3 combined, really, but definitely in Gen 2. And it is really a crying shame that they did not bring him back for All-Stars because he really could have used the development, especially considering he was one of the more fleshed out characters to begin with. Friendly reminder that in his elimination episode, he went back to save the opposing team. Yet the writers didn't think, oh, that doesn't make you a hero. He shouldn't be back in (laughs) All-Stars. Yeah, literal heroes versus villains. Emphasis on heroes. I don't think Sam is as heroic as the dude who literally goes back into a collapsing mineshaft just to save people who aren't even on his team. That takes some guts. But ultimately, the writers really didn't seem to agree. I mean, Brick said it himself, never leave a man behind. Yeah, so a fleshed out, kind, sort of dorky, athletic, and all around interesting character, you know? I think it's pretty obvious where he's going to end up going, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Brick has the honor of being the first character in B tier. Ah, which is fitting because his name starts with a B. Sorry, B. <laughs> Better luck next time. Correction, sorry, Beverly. <laughs> We probably should have mentioned that earlier, but whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, next we have Cameron. I like Cameron. He's definitely one of my top three favorite characters from Revenge of the Island. I like him in Revenge way more than I like him in uh, All-Stars. All-Stars, yeah. again... When we and talk- yes, I said Revenge of the Island. All-Stars, piss off. Yeah, piss off All-Stars. Although I will give Cameron some credit. He really isn't ruined as much as certain other characters are. Please go listen to our All-Stars episode if you haven't already, because we really dissect all of these poor souls. But Cameron, he's okay. Like, I I kind of do like what they were doing with Cameron. They never really had a character like Cameron. Again, brownie points for characters who were original in these seasons, because a lot of times uh, the Revenge and Pocketeer guests uh, get, like, insulted for having kind of copycat characters cameron yeah we've had smart nerdy characters before but he's also very frail he's very afraid of his own shadow pretty much lived his whole life in a bubble so yeah there's definitely parts of him that are very interesting that's why i love about cameron his development is like you said he went from this bubble nerd to a strong and competent person Mm -hmm. to the point where he said you know what i just won a competition on this nuclear waste dump i don't need my bubble ever again but of course, 
All-Stars ruined that. Yes, and of course, we should also say All-Stars did a big hit to his intelligence, Cameron being the smart guy who understands Mike's multiple personality disorders, like the back of his hand by the end of Revenge, doesn't understand Mal and or know that he exists up until his own elimination when it's too late. But again, All-Stars is All-Stars. We're just going to try to judge Cameron on his own. And um, and he's pretty cool. Uh, I do like him. I have some respect for Cameron as a character. I'm going to put him in B tier. Any objections? Um, I would have said C, but it would have been upper C, so I would definitely compromise with a B. All right. We'll put him in B tier then. Right. All right. Next we have Dakota. Fairly decent character. Yeah, I think she's a pretty interesting character because they've never really done something like they did with Dakota where a character gets kicked off the show and then rejoins as an intern because she wants to be on the show that badly. We had Ezekiel, but that was obviously very, very different. Um, Yeah, I mostly liked Dakota when she was an intern because that's where we actually got to see what her true personality is. Yeah, away from the spotlights and the cameras and everything. She's just a girl who wants to be liked and it really... uh, it's nice, especially the closer she grows with Sam. It's just nice. It's wholesome stuff. Sam is the least likely character you would think she paired with. But you know <laughs> what? That just made her development even better. Yeah. I will say personally, not the biggest fan of her becoming like a kaiju at the end of her season. Oh, no. Um, that was horrible. I think that was a very stupid thing to do to a that competently was very, written... very yeah. gimmicky. Yeah, gimmicky is the perfect word. You have this very competently written character with a story that you've been pushing for half the season, and you have it go out where she becomes like a weird giant mutant who can't speak English anymore. Like, what happened, man? What happened to this character? I liked this character. Probably seats here. Yep, I think that's perfect. All right, not bad so far. Overall, decent characters for the most part. Yeah, we haven't really found any stinkers yet. Next, we have Dawn. People on the internet really like Dawn. She's very underrated. You know, she's this cool character. We've never really seen anything like it before. The whole Luna Lovegood parody. She's got, like, weird psychic powers, which is interesting. Um, And like me, she's kicked out before she really has a chance to shine on her own. Yeah, she's calm, collected. She reads people's auras. Like, very, very spiritual. I think Mm -hmm. that's an understatement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah... I would love to see her be developed more, but what are you going to do? Yeah. A season two with the Revenge cast would have really been appreciated. Season one, the Gen 1 guys got three seasons and they all became great. Wish we could have seen some more stuff like that. I think my favorite line from Dawn was, I didn't know you were a Beatle Whisperer. (laughs) I guess a close second would be, but that snowball was full of negative energy. So am I. <laughs> okay, technically that was Scott who said that that last part, but you know, we'll get to him eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh so ultimately I think Dawn's a pretty decent character who could have achieved greater stardom if she'd been allowed to shine on her own, comparable to characters like B and Anne Maria, in my opinion. And I would argue she belongs to be with them. So where do you think she should go? Uh I would argue C tier for Dawn. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Next we have the secondary antagonist. Joe. Joe. Okay, I've made no secret on this podcast. I really do like Joe. I feel like Joe is another one of the the more strong characters in terms of just writing and and competence. She's basically a better version of Eva. Yeah. Has a variety of interesting little traits. Um, We get to see her. She's like a little insecure to be around the other ladies, but she loves the rivalry with Brick. She hates weakness, but she respects strength. Even when she sees it from weak people like Cameron. 
I think Cameron and Joe had a very interesting kind of back and forth. Uh, Joe and Brick had a very interesting back and forth. Even Joe and Lightning. I mean, I don't think there was quite as interesting as, like, I like them more as kind of al- uh, enemies than allies, but there are some very funny moments between the two of them. Yeah, I like her. She definitely could have done a lot more in All-Stars, but when you compare it to the other characters, it does make <laughs> sense why she got eliminated early. She got mercy killed, pretty much. Like, she was taken at episode three, but at least she didn't become a babbling, incoherent mess like everyone else. But when you consider her role in Revenge of the Island, I think she did a serviceable job. Yeah, I really like her. So, B-tier? That's what I was just gonna say. All right. With her rival Brick. (laughs) She's with her two rivals when you think about it. Oh, yes. That's true. Cameron and Brick. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It looks The writers really... Maybe they just liked those characters because they always interact with each other too. It's interesting. All right. Speaking of rivals, next we got Shabam. Oh, it's a lightning. Oh my gosh. Dude, I know people have mixed feelings about lightning. Yeah, he's really dumb. Oh, he's a strong character. Oh, he's very lucky to make it to the finale. He basically floated his way to the finale <laughs> and then spontaneously became a villain in the last three episodes. But. He's definitely one of the more entertaining characters this season. I wholeheartedly agree. And he's in the same boat as Joe, where he is... Actually, I I think he's just as funny in All-Stars as he was in in Revenge of the Island. Maybe that's a hot take. But, you know, he's just kind of like there. He's a a little show-off. He's having a a good time. Thinks he's bigger than his britches. And then he's kicked out. You know, again, mercy kill. He doesn't get to be ruined, but he's taken out very early. His rivalry with Joe is still one of my favorite parts of Revenge Island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it's so great. What girl? Who's he talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Team Dude is back at it. Ow! <laughs> this may be a hot take, but I think he was the funniest character in Season 4. I mean, when you consider the whole Season 4 cast... I think, yeah, he's probably pretty high up there. And um, I I even agree with you, or or at least I don't really like him in the last, like, two episodes. But at least it's just those two episodes. And honestly, the two episodes of All-Stars kind of make up for it for me. It's like a whole season of great (laughs) lightningness. So I do think that lightning kind of deserves a spot in B-tier. All right. We got the squad going on. (laughs) Look at them. Next, we have Mike. I know he's a very Mm. controversial character. I know I think I said he was my favorite, but that's mostly when he's under control from his other personalities. Mike himself, he's all right. I'm honestly not really a big Mike fan personally. I think his personality shtick is like kind of gimmicky. I think it's like okay. Like I do think his arc in Revenge is kind of cool. Like it's just like, oh man, like I have this condition. I like this girl. It's awkward, although obviously, you know, you're on national television, so everyone can see, but I feel like sometimes they forget that on the writers. But, you know, like, I'm, I'm more or less satisfied with his arc. I just kind of feel like, oh, and we're not going to talk about All-Stars because, you know, we're going to save that. Yeah. But, like, he's, he's, he's like, okay, I, I just find him a little bland. Like, at the end of All-Stars, for example, when he has no personalities anymore, he's just a guy. He's just a dude with his personality's powers. Like, okay, I might. Yeah, there's nothing special about him anymore. It's like you said, him trying to cope with his multiple personalities, that's his whole character trait. And when you take away that trait, he's just shallow now. Yeah, and when your whole personality is just a, a mental disorder you need to be a better written character. And I'm not saying that his whole personality is the mental disorder in revenge because 
they have the mental disorder mixed in with the, oh, I have these lovey feelings for Zoe. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. A lot of times it just feels like you could see their, you could just kind of see like, okay, they really don't know what they're doing with this character. <laughs> Nonetheless, I still liked his development. And for the most part, his multiple personalities did bring some entertainment. So I'm going to put him in seats here. Or... He's a D for me, but I will compromise for a C. All right. He, you can't you can't deny that he is not an important character. That's true. And speaking of important characters, since we mentioned Mike, we might as well talk about Mal, <laughs> who has his very own special tier. Yay! Hooray so, for Mal! <laughs> come on, you know where he's going. He's literally the whole reason why I put M tier. <laughs> the most evilest, evil cartoon character you could possibly imagine in a show like Total Drama. They don't even fucking try to hide the fact that he's clearly the bad guy. He's way too much of a gimmick. He has no motive. And, oh my god, he's just a fucking troll of a villain. Like, imagine a character like Heather or Alejandro, but every time they did something bad, they, like, put, like, they had, like, a black cape and a top hat and a mustache. And they, like, twirled the mustache and said, Like, it's just like, okay, you're taking me out of the story. Like, I like the more subtle, like, have you ever heard the word subtlety? That word is completely omitted from the Toll Drama Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, like, what happened to characters like that? Because now it's just, oh, yeah, Mal. His his name literally translates to bad. <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, at least they admitted he was a shitty character. <laughs> <laughs> I meant bad as an evil, but yeah, no, like, he's a bad character. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, there, there's a reason why he has his very own special tier. Uh, because we really hope we never see him ever again. They can at least feasibly... We're going to rank characters in F tier in the future, obviously. But thinking about those characters, they could theoretically bring them back and fix them. Like, technically. Like, it'll never happen, but technically they could. You can't fix Mal. He's not even a character. He's just a personality in Mike's head. And for that, he deserves his own tier below F. There, he can think about building more wizard tower or whatever his fucking motive was. <laughs> you build an evil wizard tower. <laughs> God, that was so <laughs> like, fucking stupid. Dude, we're gonna freaking get to Max, but I am not unconvinced that Max was just a giant middle finger to Mal. Like, oh yeah, look, it's a character who is actually <laughs> a, a, so evil it's a joke. And is one letter off from Mal. Like, mmm. I don't know, there might have been some inter-office rivalry at the Total Drama Studios. <laughs> Alright, next we have Sam. Another decent character. Yeah! Oh man, we got a pretty good string of characters here. I, okay, well, let's ignore the fact that we had to jump over Mal. But Sam is, is a fun character. Like, when you said earlier that Lightning was the funniest character in Gen 2, the only character that I thought might have come close was Sam. Like, I just find Sam so charming. Like, he's just this chubby, goofy dude, always with his face in a video game. Very awkward, but very friendly. Um, just a genuine, like, good character. You know, likes Dakota, but knows he's not good enough. And not to mention, this guy is obsessed with video games. His whole life depends on playing video games. Yeah. He freaking, like, says gaming things as, like, regular conversation which is, you know, interesting. Again, a little too, it's a little over the top. We know that real gamers are capable of actual conversations, but you know, whatever. Again, the subtlety really isn't too crazy strong in these seasons. I mean, but Sam, but he, Sam's a fun character, you yeah, know? Yeah, he definitely had his moments, especially in his elimination episode where he tried to play the hero. 
which goes as well as you expected. <laughs> unfortunately, he failed miserably, and after that, he had his very pathetic All-Stars run that we're not going to get into. That's the whole reason why I'm going to rank Sam lower, because the Riders had no idea what to do with Sam other than beat the shit out of him in almost <laughs> every scene that he's in. Yeah, they were like, oh... Kids are going to watch the show. The kids like when, you know, fat guys get beaten up, right? Like, that's funny to them. Let's just throw Sam through the coals. And it's just like, oh, gosh, like, really? I mean, technically speaking, he doesn't get, like, ruined as a character or anything like so many other characters did. In that but scene. he does nothing. Exactly. He does a fat lot of nothing. There's no reason for him to be there other than, like you said, to just get absolutely wrecked. And even when they do give him something to do... They just eliminate him. Oh, he finally proves his worth to his team. Oh, guess what? I cheated. Bye-bye, <laughs> Sam. What the yep. hell? God. I'm thinking C tier because, like I said, his all-star run is what puts him down for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very high C tier. That's tough because I don't know if I like him more than Cameron or not. I probably do. It's close. Yeah, I think a high C is all right. And not the juice box. High C. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we have Scott. Definitely an interesting villain, to say the least. Yeah, I think he is a little gimmicky as a villain. Like, again, it feels like the writers were just like, oh, well, we had Heather and Alejandro and Justin. What's something new we can do? How about a guy who wants to throw the challenge for his team? But as a result, you get a very smart, sinister Scott in Revenge and a very kind of dumb, folksy, go-with-the-flow Scott in Season 5. And it's a little bit of a mishmash. I mean, when you compare him to the other Toll Drama villains, it's not a fair comparison. Yeah, and here's the thing. I can 100% agree. Like, I can totally vibe with the fact that maybe he's just... He seems smarter than he is in Revenge of the Island because he's just a trickster. He's a tricksy guy, and nobody really falls for it. or And people keep falling for it, I should say. And then when he's with the big dogs, like Alejandro and Heather and Joe... Or, or not Joe, I guess, Alejandro and Heather and Duncan, people like that. He's kind of just like, all right, I'm not really the top tier anymore. So I can totally buy that. He's basically the Patrick Star of that group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he still had his moments every now and then, especially oh, yeah. with his recurring gag of being chased by Fang, the mutated shark. Yeah, so every time he would do something really like, oh, come on, like, you're going to ruin B, you're going to ruin dawn you're gonna throw these people under the bus like no what can you how can you do that scott you're gonna ruin mike then there would be fang to balance him out it'd be like his like to check his hubris like uh like uh captain hook and the crocodile almost it's just like oh there's also fang coming out of nowhere just kind of cool i like scott he's a pretty good character definitely not the best villain the, se the series has ever had pretty decent i would say and as a character he gets a laugh out of me i, I like watching scott yeah i'm pulled between b and c what do you think it's so tough to say. He definitely straddles the line for sure. Again, like he's written, he does some stupid stuff sometimes and he's a little bit gimmicky with his villain plots, but at the same time, he's very interesting. Um, he does, he's a fun character. He's arguably one of the highlights of all stars. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, it could go either way. I think I'm just going to put him in C tier. Yeah. So he's fun, but he's not, I don't think he's quite in lockstep with those rest of those B tiers. Makes sense to me. All right, uh, so who we got next? The compulsive liar, Stacy. <laughs> it's funny. I always used to say she was, like, horrible. Like, why the hell did they throw this character in there? She was literally just written to be a first boot. And I think the way they wrote her was to be a first boot. But it's funny. I talked to my brothers about this because we all like the show. And we came up with the concept that Stacy really isn't a 
flawed character from the get-go. I think we talked about this on the podcast, too, when we talked about her season. Her label is the compulsive liar. Why not have her do some kind of sinister, like, and gossipy stuff? Like, talk about the other contestants, try to get a leg up on the game, lie about, oh, you'll never believe what Mike said about you, Scott, or what Zoe said about you, Anne-Maria, what, blah, blah, blah. You could have some kind of cool stuff with that. Like, oh, man, she's she's going at everyone's throats, kind of being a sneaky little gossip, like, compulsive liar. But instead, it's just random, bizarre lies about how her great-grandfather invented something. And it's like, dude, again, this is a cartoonish character. Like, I get that this is a cartoon, but this isn't realistic. Actual liars don't, like, make up random lies about nonsense. They lie about each other, about the people around them, about the show, you know, things like that. I So it's kind of almost disappointing for Stacey. Like, if under different circumstances, I think she could have been okay. If they took the concept of compulsive liar and ran with it, it would have been kind of cool to have someone stirring the pot like that. But I agree with you, Eric. They didn't do that. They just made her a joke. And so I think D or F is perfectly fair. All right. I'm being very, very generous by putting her in D tier because what could have been from her character trait? Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I see that because we have characters in C tier like uh, Anne Maria and Dawn where it's like a B like, they could be something better than how they ended up. I don't think Stacy as a character is dead on arrival. I think you real if the writers wanted to, they could have stretched her out a little bit, made it a little bit more interesting, and then they, they just didn't. So, very, I think a very low D tier, um, because what we got is an utter joke. But it could have been better if they tried. <laughs> I guess they just didn't want to. All right. Finally, we have Zoe. Yeah. <sighs> She's all right. I mean, I get her whole character arc is that, oh, she wants to make friends. She wants to stand up for herself. And yeah, she does so towards the finale. But All-Stars, oh my god, they made her dumber than Lindsay. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. She's Lindsay tier at that point. And when you're as dumb as the person who doesn't know how to push a cart, you've got some issues as a character. Oh my goodness, where do we even begin? Like, okay. So I said I wasn't really a huge fan of Mike. I, if I'm not a huge fan of Mike, I'm very much not a fan of Zoe. Um, because again, Zoe, much like Stacy in a way, you have this interesting concept. And they actually try at some points to, unlike Stacy, who gets nowhere with it, they try to do the thing, like you said, Eric, where she's like, oh, she's just this shy little girl, um, kind of isolated, doesn't really have any friends, wants more from the world. But immediately immediately before they even get to the island they just handcuff her to mike and that's it it's just like mike will now only interact with zoe and cameron and zoe will now only interact with mike and cameron and it's just like but i don't buy it i think you could have done more with this whole like sheltered girl who wants more from the world wants to make friends you're telling me this girl wouldn't be talking to everyone on her team trying to make friends with people talking to i don't know just all these different people Instead, she just ends up, like, attached to the hip with Mike. And that's her whole personality. Like, people make jokes about how in All-Stars, all she does is just yell Mike's name the whole time. Like, it's kind of pathetic, as a, like, as a character. I feel like they really I mean, could have done more with her. I will admit, though, I did like her brief change into Commando Zoe because it really shows that it really should, we, actually got to see, we actually got to see her be more independent, aggressive, but independent. Yeah, um, again, but by, by, by that point, they've given up the idea that she wants to be, like, friendly with people because it goes from attached to Mike to attached to no one, which is kind of how she started out. She had said she had no friends. 
Um, but yeah, I do agree. It was an interesting arc. Um, it was totally abandoned in All Stars, other than like she does like a backflip at one point, and everyone's like, "Whoa, yeah, remember she can do that now." It's just like, okay. But <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know where to put Zoe because I don't hate her completely. I'm thinking like either C or D. Yeah, like a low C or a high D. I mean, that that's definitely your call. Uh, for me, she definitely leans more towards D. Um, but that's just me. I just find her a, a fairly uninteresting character. But she definitely had potential. And there definitely are like a few moments where it's just like, okay, yeah, there's Zoe doing some cool stuff, I guess. I'm going to put her in C tier. All right. Right with Mike. Where she belongs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think the writers would agree. All right. That's all the revenge casts. And now we have to cover the train wreck. That is the Pocket 2 Island cast. Dude, yeah, like, I thought the revenge cast was weak. Looking at it, though, we got four guys in B, we got a bunch of guys in C, and probably a spectrum of high Cs, like Scott, to low Cs, like Mike and Zoe. And then we have a D, which is Stacy. It's kind of a pity D, because it's like what could have been. We don't even really have any Fs yet. I feel like we are probably going to have a few after this. But I guess I can't say for sure. We'll see. God, I'm getting a migraine just like thinking about these characters. <laughs> All right. Let's get through this, Matt. We got this. We got this. Let's see who we are starting off with. Amy and Sammy. Oh, right off the gate. Okay. Bro, I hate Amy so much. And Sammy's not much better. I mean, okay, granted, she did have a somewhat interesting arc where she tries to, you know, pretend to be her sister so she could fend for herself. But go figure, that really didn't last long. And then Amy, she's just a complete bitch just for the hell of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally, Amy, yeah. she just shits on her sister for no reason. So if you had characters like Amy and Sammy in Gen 1, I feel like they you could have, the writers of that season would have done more interesting things with them. Because, you can, you know, you look at it, it's just like, okay, the classic archetype, you got the two cheerleaders, one's kind of bratty, one's sweet. You have a character like Amy maybe try to take control of her team. If not, a character like Amy could flirt with the guys and gossip about the girls. And, of course, be mean to Sammy. And Sammy would be like, oh, shucks, like, my sister's no good. I just, you know, I want to be a little bit more understood. Well, didn't mean to rhyme there, but there you go. Poet and I didn't even know it. But instead, it's just an utter joke. You have this cartoon villain of Amy who just literally does nothing, interacts with almost nobody, purely seems to just exist to spite Sammy. Um, and then you have Sammy who's just like this woe is me pathetic routine. And then they kick out Amy and it's just like, holy cow. You, like, you start squinting at Sammy and you're like, is this actual character development in my pocket to island? What's going on? And then immediately after, it's just like, oh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. She's gone now too. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't mean anything. These characters don't mean anything. So again, I do think there's potential for characters like this, but they just, oh, by this point, the writers are just phoning it in. It's just like, oh, Amy, she hates Amy. Yeah, well, then she'll do nothing else. She will literally just torment Sammy, and that is it. And yeah. Sammy will constantly stay in her sister's shadow. Yep. Even when Amy's gone, Sammy just has one, ep two episodes, like, pretending to be Amy and talking to Jasmine about how scared she is that she's going to be found out. Doesn't grow as a character at all. It's just, it's sad. It really is sad. So sad, in fact, that both sisters are going to share F tier, much to their displeasures. Yeah, thinking about it, like, like I said earlier, when I talked about how Mal has no potential, I do think just because a character is in F tier doesn't mean that they're doomed as characters. I can definitely see how you fix these people, these two, but like, jeez, what a horrible job they did. Like, they are literally a joke. Amy gives Mal a run for her money in terms of cartoonish villainy. 
And Sammy, again, just exists to be like, woe is me, take pity on me world, and then doesn't grow as a character. Like, you know, there's been characters who start off really pathetic, and then they grow, and they become better characters. She's not one of them. She just stays pathetic and then gets eliminated. It's just, it's a joke. They don't care. Speaking of jokes, next up we have Beardo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to waste time. I'm putting him in F tier. Because all this guy does is make fucking sound effects. Doesn't interact with anybody. He was literally created just to be the first person eliminated of his respected season. What more do I have to say? Yeah, like you said, the most token one note we're gonna kick this guy out first character in the entire series nobody else was at this level even stacy again stacy was annoying there was a way to make her interesting like honestly i might be giving what i said a run for my money because i said f tier characters are probably redeemable i don't think beard was redeemable like he actually might be the worst f tier character just because like if you look at him he is literally just a one note gag and people compare them with B sometimes because they're both big dudes. They're both quiet. They're both kind of reserved. And they're both early boots. But that is so unfair to B because B is a character. He clearly has goals. He has traits. He has loyalties. He has friends. What does Beardo do? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Nothing but make sound effects. He's like, hey, guys, I can replicate sound effects perfectly. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's cool. But we're in the middle of a fucking challenge. Okay, I'm going to challenge myself to, to try to come up with a better idea for B, uh, Beardo. In his like his audition tape, he's beatboxing. Maybe you do something more like that, where he's like a rapper or a beatboxer of some kind, trying to you know make it big or something like that, trying to get his music out there in some way or shape or form. He could bond with Ella. He's on the team with Ella. They both like music, something like that. Anything. Give us freaking anything we got nothing we got a character who literally refuses to lift a finger to help his team because he'd rather make noises that is the most cartoonish idiocracy i've ever heard yeah no he deserves f tier wholeheartedly and again what else do you expect from a character that's named beardo (laughs) that's the icing on the cake is that he has by far the stupidest name in the entire series i think it's even stupider than mal and mal is a joke too all right next we have probably the most controversial character dave (sighs) i know i mentioned that dave's my favorite character from this season but when you compare him to other characters again the comparison's not very fair but i at least appreciate what they try to do with him like the self-proclaimed normal guy he's a germaphobe he sims over sky he had his moments but oh my god by the time we got some merch he became very unlikable some even say he's one of the worst characters, period. I'm going to try not to be too biased because I know you like Dave. I personally, if it was like, I, I don't even know. I do not like Dave at all. I mean, I like him conceptually, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yes, it does. It definitely Quite. makes sense. Like you said, conceptually, he's fine. The writers probably realized, okay, we have a bunch of like crazy weirdos. Wouldn't it be funny if there was a dude who was just like the odd one out? And that's an interesting concept. But I don't know, just immediately, much like Mike and Zoe, he, they just handcuff him to, uh, to Sky, And they're just like, okay, so this will be the character he interacts with. Pikachu Island is a very lonely show. Like, even though there's teams, every character usually only interacts with, like, two or three other people max. Like, Dave just kind of talks with Sky and occasionally, like, insults somebody else and, like, talks to, like, Sean. Much like we said about Amy and Sammy. And I just think as a character, he could have grown a lot more. Instead, they literally just turn him into this simp. Like, that he has this interesting aspect of being a germaphobe that would have been kind of cool if they played around with that a little bit more. 
like again, this is a season where everyone's just on this rugged island. There's no everything is nature. There's no shelters or anything. You can have Dave try to be like, okay, crap, I'm like living on dirt. I gotta just learn to conquer my fear. But outside of a few little moments, they, that doesn't get really explored. It's just Dave the simp and then Dave the absolute crazy incel who like freaks out and eliminates himself out of simpiness, wants to murder Sky out of simpiness, wants to burn the million dollars out of simpiness. Like, bro, what happened? What, you were the straight man. You were the, the you know, the dorky germaphobe dude who, who just kind of didn't like all the craziness on his team. How did you become the guy who wants to blow up the island and burn the million dollars? This may be a hot take, but I'm gonna put him in D tier instead of F. I would put him in F, but I'm gonna come. I, I think I'll, I'll compromise for D because, like you said, you know it's there. Like his concept is there. He does some okay stuff that I do like early on the season. But yeah, I I just yeah, it really is a shame just how badly they botched him. And maybe one day he'll return, but I don't think so because total drama is allergic to returning their characters at this point, which I guess after All-Stars, you can blame them. <laughs> but... God, they fucked up these characters so badly that they're almost unredeemable. And that's the worst part about the Pocketeer cast, is they are just half-baked characters that get thrown out, they're written like crap, they get eliminated, and then you're never going to see them ever again. Like, they are probably never going to appear on a TV screen ever again, which is just, wow, okay, way to just waste them all. All right. Next, we have Ella. I don't really care about this character, to be honest with you. She's literally a stereotypical Disney princess. I mean, she's kind-hearted. She sings every five minutes, or I know that's an exaggeration, but... No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, what else do I have to say about her? Like, she's very one-dimensional, and there is a thing as being too good. Yeah, like... She's like a kind of a cute, innocent little character in this midst of weirdos. And something like that could be kind of cool. You know, a concept where everybody's kind of just crazy. And then you have this really naive character who's just like, yay, everyone's great. And there's sunshine and roses. Um, Again, a concept that could work feasibly in a better written show. Um, But she just doesn't really do anything. She just stands around by herself singing. Then after a certain point, Sugar just threatens to beat the crap out of her. And she Dave... Just- Start and then she starts simping for Dave, and then Dave blows her off, and that's it, and that's her whole arc. It's just like, wow, what a what a shame. I don't even know where to put her. I'm pulled between D and F. I don't know. It's your call. I like her like a little bit too much to put her with Amy and Sammy and Beardo, so I I think I'd say D. She's definitely done a lot better than those three, but not really that well. <laughs> At least she'll be with her prince. Oh, so sweet. Next, we have Jasmine. Probably the most... Is she the most sane character? Because even, I, I, even she has her flaws, I hate to say. Yeah, I mean, she's probably the most normal character. But even then, like, she gets blown off by, a like, a guy she liked who was just doing the challenge. And she becomes, like, insatiable <laughs> for a few episodes. Like, she's definitely, like, she has pocket two written all over her. Like, I mean, even though she is fairly normal. Um, I mean, she's definitely a leader. She is supportive towards others, but her interactions with Sean, I really didn't care about. At least this was their attempt to give her more personality, which I don't know. It really didn't suit with me. I don't know. She's an all right character. Like I, I love, I like her a lot more than Sky. But we're going to talk about Sky a little later in terms of just being the athletic girl because she at least has the reason, which, or at least a little bit more of a clear reason where she's kind of just like, a, oh, she's a hiker. She likes exploring and things like that. 
as opposed to Sky, who just mentions wanting to be an Olympian and like, oh, that's why she's great and active. But you know, like you said, she's a good team leader. She's an interesting character, like fairly interesting character. Um, more of the straight man character than Dave ends up being, which is ironic because of what the writers decide to do with Dave. Um, but yeah, she's inoffensive. And I think inoffensive is a good word to I used to describe it, like passable. She's just, she's there. She does her job. She doesn't annoy or offend many people watching the show. She's just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, she seems normal. And that's really it. So yeah, I don't know. Where was you, Porter? Oh, she doesn't deserve D tier. So I guess bottom of C. All right, I'll put her in C tier then. She's probably the highest ranking member of the Pocket 2 Island cast, let's be real. Yeah. Leonard. Oh my god, I hate <laughs> this guy. Calling this guy delusional would be an understatement. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, look at a character like Sam. Probably similar writers. Only a few years earlier in Revenge, the last generation. He's a total nerd obsessed with video games, but he at least realizes, okay... I'm in real life right now. Like uh, when he thinks real life is becoming Donkey Kong and like tries to save Lindsay, it's because he's totally out of it. Like there's a reason for it. Leonard is just always out of it. He has no idea between reality and fiction. He's just totally delusional, like you said. Yeah, like you said, Matt, at least Sam has a good concept of reality. This guy, he legit thinks he's a wizard. His label as the LARPer, it doesn't make sense because at the end of the day, LARPers will just go back to being normal humans. Yeah, LARPers can, you know, they go home, they take off the wizard cloak, they put on their shoes like everybody else. Leonard doesn't even express any interest in helping his team at all in ways other than his wizardry. Like, we don't even really have a line where he just, like, makes a joke or something about it. Like, like it's just like, oh, man, you know how long it takes me to dry clean this cloak? Or just something stupid where we're able to be like, oh, thank God, there's a real person in there. Okay. But we don't have that. I will say, it is very, very brief, but in his audition tape, we hear him say like, no, I'm not made out of paper, but my cape is. That is literally the closest thing we have to Leonard functioning in normalcy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he like picks up his cell phone, like calls his friend or something. It's just like, holy cow, Leonard's aware of like other people and, and technology. He's, he is pretending. It's insane because if you watch the show, you would not get the sense that he understands that there's a difference between real life and fiction. Like even when his teammates are threatening him, like, dude, what the hell do your job? He's standing at the wall, like an idiot with a staff trying to raise the pig with magic in episode two. It's just like, dude, you know that this isn't going to work. You know, it's fake. Why are you threatening your place in the game like this? You idiot. Yeah, he's a joke. And then they put him in back in ridiculous race. Uh, just to just to eliminate him early. Yeah. I'm not wasting time. He's going in F tier. Yeah. I think he's higher up on F tier than Beardo because Beardo just is truly unforgivable. Leonard, maybe you could do something with where it's just like he just likes to LARP. It's his hobby. But he's a, still a normal functioning human being who could talk to the people on his team like a normal functioning human being can. But we don't really get that. And it's like maybe you could say, oh, well, it's meant to be funny. But it really just isn't that funny. So that also doesn't help. All right, the final six, starting with the self-proclaimed <laughs> supervillain, Max. And here we are with Max. Okay, that's who actually who I was just referring to. Perfect little uh, bridge there. Max is a character who's also completely delusional, doesn't really have any ties to, as much of a tie to reality, at least appear, like, apparently. 
But then you get to hear snippets. Like, he's like, oh, I'm a babysitter. Like, I like taking care of, like, I'm really good with children. Things like, like, little moments like that. And honestly, I just find him funnier than Leonard. Like, I just think he works better as a character than Leonard does. And I know he's annoying and over the top and cartoony and ridiculous. But I just feel like it works a lot better. Just because the writers kind of treat him as a little joke who nobody takes seriously. I mean, have you seen the Austin Powers movies? (laughs) He's literally every Dr. Evil joke merged together into one character. Yeah. And unlike Mal... Nobody takes him seriously. Like, everyone's just like, oh, man, there goes Max. He's just a little idiot. Like, whatever. Nobody takes this guy seriously. He is just a fun joke. Yeah, he definitely has his moments here and there. But I can't bypass the fact that, keep in mind, these characters are in high school. And he has plans for world domination. Oh, yeah. You must be pretty (laughs) fucked up in the head to have plans like that. I hate to say. Yeah, I don't know if that would pass on TV anymore. (laughs) If the law enforcement was as smart as it should be... In the whole drama universe, they would have had the CIA infiltrate Pocket Seal Island and take Max out there saying like, Hey, this guy openly said that he wants to take over the world. He's too dangerous to be left in this game. <laughs> like, something. like Would have been a better send-off than what he actually got. Then we get to see what Max is truly like. He's like, oh wait, I didn't mean any of that. Yeah, something no, no, like I'm, actually really, I'm actually a really nice guy when you get to know me. He like turns to the other characters like, vouch for me, guys. Like, you know me, I'm just Max. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, man. All you do is talk about how badly you want to do evil. Why are we coming up with better shit than the writers? Yeah, I was going to say, this is a this is a slippery slope because we could sit here all night writing a better Pocketeer Island than the actual Pocketeer Island. Uh, all in all, Max is fun, really stupid, really silly, but I, I do like how the show doesn't take him super seriously. I really liked him in the episode with Scarlet. I don't know. Where do you think he should go? I don't know, like... I think I'm being very generous by putting him in C tier, but at the same time, he's not a great character, so I'm pulled between C and D. Like, he's goofy, but he really is just, man, I, I called Scott one-dimensional. Like, it does not get more one-dimensional than Max. Although, I guess you can see little hints every now and then, like I said, of him being an actual character with wants and desires and stuff like that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put him in D tier because yeah. aside from his goofiness, he is, like you said, Matt, very, very one-dimensional. Yeah. All right. Next, we have probably the biggest simp, Rodney. Holy cow, I forgot about Rodney. It, it's okay. <laughs> He's a very forgettable character. Yeah, he just gets the boot in between the Sa- Amy and Sammy arc. <laughs> and that's really his whole purpose. Country guy, doesn't have a lot of experience when it comes to women, so he easily falls in love with every beautiful girl he sees. Just like Brock from Pokemon. Yeah, but instead of this, like, makes him blubber like an idiot and he doesn't really know what he's doing. And again, this is an example of how Pocketoo Island is just so isolated and self-contained. It would make so much more sense for a character like Roddy to walk up to someone like Topher, who's on his team, and be like, Hey, Topher, can you give me advice? Like, I really like Jasmine or something like that. And, and they talk and they have a conversation like actual human beings do. But instead, he just sits there blubbering like an idiot. And I think the audience is supposed to laugh, but it's just so painfully unfunny. Yeah, for so, those yeah. reasons, I want to put him in F tier. Yeah. There's really nothing going on with this guy. Yeah, like he's just there. He's like, he does like a few kind of interesting things in the Truth or Dare episode that I kind of like, but that's really it. Like, Next, we have the true villain, Scarlet. Not a big fan of Scarlet. I mean, I understand what they were going with. Wyatt Smart Girl, secretly the spawn of Satan. 
Yeah, but again, we get like Mal levels. Like it would have just made so much more sense if she was this cold calculating genius who and her big evil reveal scene is her in the confession being like, oh, I've calculated the odds. And if I put these other people on this team against each other by saying this and it's just like, whoa, she's like actually pretty bad. Like she's evil. She knows what she's doing. Instead, it's literally like, I am evil. Like, takes off her freaking ponytail. Like, like, tries to blow up the island. Like, Bro, okay. that happens right the fuck out of nowhere. Yeah. I really can't take her seriously. So, I'm sorry, but she has to go in F-tier. I agree, because again, she's a joke. And they could have done something kind of more unique with her. Having this really, again, cold, calculating, nerdy villain who nobody sees coming uh, in the show. Again, it's like they can't control themselves. They have to make this over-the-top lunatic villain instead of just having a normal toned-down villain like Heather or Alejandro. Up next, Sean. Yeah, I don't really care about this guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he is one of the finalists, but I don't know. Like, nothing really interests me about this guy other than preparing for the zombie apocalypse because literally that's his whole character arc. Yeah, that's really it. Like... He gets some laughs out of me. Like, I'll admit it. Like, I think Sean is probably one of the funniest characters in the season, which I guess isn't a very high bar to clear. <laughs> because probably the only person, like, the only runner-up is probably Max. But, yeah, like, he's a fun guy. But I agree. He's a he's another over-the-top crazy cartoon character. Like, imagine your typical high school setting, and you walk into a high school, and there's a guy running around with canned meat saying that zombies are going to eat your brains. Like... We're not at teen stereotypes anymore. We're just at parodies. We're at the, oh, it's the zombie movie guy. Like, which is really just stupid. And that's not how the show was supposed to be. And now we just have, again, another deranged idiot who can't tell reality from fiction. Which is like half the cast of Pocketeer Island. So I will give him this. He's funny. And he actually probably interacts with, okay, maybe again, just Dave and Jasmine. So again, two characters. But I I will, man. Probably my favorite line from Sean is like, okay, I have to pick my partner based on skills. And he basically listed all the eliminated contestants. He's like, so my choices are literally everybody except for Leonard. (laughs) Which is, again, like you have another layer to his personality. Oh, so he's a survivalist. And he also like watches everybody like a hawk and learns their skills, learns their weaknesses. Like, couldn't you have written that in at some points to be like, that's why he made it so far instead of just. He made it far because he didn't make any enemies. Like, oh, that's boring. That's called being a floater, you know? Like, I don't know. Sean is Sean. Like, I think he's funny. And lines like that prove that there's more behind the scenes than what they're letting on. But they never really explore it. He's just the generic zombie guy. I'm putting him in D tier. Yeah, that's more than fair. Oh, God. It's time to talk about Sky. (laughs) She's basically a boo-like version of Zoe. Yeah, and I didn't even like Zoe that much, so you know we're in trouble. <laughs> For Sky, oh, she's competitive, somewhat friendly, but she really doesn't do anything other than, oh, I just want to win this game. I don't have time for boys. I just want to focus on the game. That's literally her whole arc. Yeah, that's, and that's also like half her line of dialogue, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I didn't even root for her when she made it to the finale, because what is there to root about her? Yeah, she's just like this character who's like, the writers literally were in the writing room like, okay, we have Sky, and her personality is that she's really athletic and great at everything. And she's like, okay, wow, wait, what? It's Zoe 2.0, it's just this crazy character who's just like, yeah, I'm an Olympian, and that's it, that's my personality, other than telling Dave I don't want to date him like 80 times in a row, and that's it. And it's just like, this is so sad. 
This is it. This is all we have to work with, this character. I don't know. I'm thinking F tier because I really don't care about this character. No, that's more than fair. Because usually with F tier characters, I can be like, again, like I've said before, how could this, this character can be improved if they were a little smarter? And I think ultimately Sky could be, but I've failed. I like, I'm racking my brain, man. She's just there to be athletic. And like most of the challenges are athletic. So it's just like, oh, so she's just written to be good at everything. Wow. <laughs> Ray from Star Wars. <laughs> Interesting. That's come up twice now. <laughs> well, I did say that Pocketsu Island is essentially the rise of Skywalker in the total drama <laughs> universe. Wait a minute. That's actually a really good point. And then All Stars is the last Jedi. So, yeah, there's more of a connection between Star Wars and total drama than you didn't think was possible. It all makes sense because you got revenge, which is just like, oh, we're back on the island. It's the same thing again as the first one, which is you know, like The Force Awakens. Then here's All-Stars, which ruins all the good characters and has a horrible rating, which is like the second one, the sequels. And then it's, oh, yeah, like, do you even care about this? They're horribly written. They're like, you're not even invested anymore. And it's just like, hey, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> This goes deep. The sequel trilogy, uh, Gen 456, or uh, Season 456 connection. It runs deep. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. There's a deep connection between the last traditional seasons of Total Drama and the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And we didn't even realize it until now. I'm just waiting for somebody to put this on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. I'm going to have to think about this a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, but enough about that. Let's talk about Sugar. Wow. There's a lot of characters named start with S in this season. <laughs> yeah. Sugar, she really did annoy the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie to you, but I understand what they were trying to do with her. She's this bubbly idiot farm girl who just so happens to become a villain later on. Yeah, pretty much. I think I've said this on this podcast before. I'm not opposed to a character like Sugar. I think Sugar could have been pretty funny if she was like this literal like ditzy stupid country girl who like kind of has a competitive pageant show edge to her but again instead they just decide to go full cartoon it's just like oh she's fat and eats food and farts and is gross and evil really really evil now all of a sudden it's just like okay you have no idea what you're doing again well pocket writers you really didn't care about any of these characters you phoned it in with every single one of them yeah so for those reasons i want her in either d or f I don't know, because, like, I see what they were trying to do with her, unlike a character like Beardo or Rodney or Scarlet, where it's just, like, so comically out of, like, makes no sense at all. But at the same time, I don't know. She's, the execution's horrible with her, and they could have done a lot more. Then again, we said the same about Stacy, and we put Stacy in D tier, so, I don't know, maybe then D, or low, low D. Yeah, let's put her in D tier. Mm. Lastly, we have Topher. Oh, God. He just basically obsesses over Chris. Like, he doesn't care about the competition. All he cares about is upstaging Chris and taking his job. That's it. Another example of a kind of interesting, unique character. You meet him and you're like, oh, he like, is Chris's number one fan? That's kind of cool. And it's just like, oh, no, but just kidding. We're not going to do anything with it. It's just going to be like he wants to take out Chris. And ultimately, as far as arcs and Pocketeer go, that's probably one of the more interesting ones. Probably because it's one of the few actual arcs. Him kind of revealing his true nature of like, yeah, I like Chris, but I want to be the next Chris. Like, he, his time is co like, come and gone. So, like, I kind of respect that. Like, it's kind of cool what they do with him, but it really doesn't go anywhere. It's kind of disappointing. I guess at the end of the day, he's one of the more okay characters. Yeah, I'm thinking Deets here because... Perfect. 
So like he said, there's really not much going on with this guy other than he wants to take Chris's job. There's potential, and they don't really do anything with it. <laughs> that could be the freaking bumper sticker for Pocket Two Island. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to recap. B tier, Brick, Cameron, Joe, and Lightning. C tier, Anne Maria, B, Dakota, Dawn, Mike, Sam, Scott, Zoe, and Jasmine. D tier, Stacy, Dave, Ella, Max, Sean, Sugar, and Topher. F tier, Amy, Sammy, Beardo, Leonard, Ronnie, Scarlet, and Sky. And of course, M tier, Mal. <laughs> God, that's such a perfect tier for Mal. Honestly, I can't imagine a better spot for Mal. Like, think about all the just trite, terrible characters we covered. Beardo, Scarlet, Leonard, Amy, Sammy, Sky. Mal's worse than all of them. Because <laughs> he's just such an absolute joke. And the writers take him way too seriously. Part of what makes whole drama enjoyable are the characters and their developments. I think that's probably the biggest reason, because it's like you pick characters to root for, that you get to watch and watch them grow and see what happens with them. But if you put this list that we just made side by side with our older list, almost all of the Gen 1 cast is either above or equal to the best of the Gen 2 and Gen 3 cast, and that's kind of a shame. And yeah, you saw like small glimpses like, uh, Gen 2 cast had potential, but... Once they got to Gen 3, they just given up. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's very interesting because I will say at the time of this recording, they have announced that the next cast is all new characters again. Same universe, same timeline. It's going to be the Gen 4, or if you count Redonculus Race, I guess Gen 5 characters. So rest assured, we'll make a tier list for them <laughs> when we get to see that season. All right. So all those who are listening... How would you rank the Toll Drama Gen 2 and Gen 3 cast? Let us know in our Discord server and follow us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms, whether that be Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. And be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially Total Drama fans in your life. And if you want more geeky content, Head over to Twitch and check out E-Man the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel, Nuclear Bacons, Cryptolog Games, and of course, our secret fifth member, Carabyte, a.k.a. Tyler. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.